Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. William DeYoung has supported Independent Tech News directly for five years. Be like William. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, May 13th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. Roger, are you there? <laughs> no. Roger muted his notifications and apparently muted himself too. But our producer, am- Roger Chang, is here. Oh, there you are. I'm sorry. Yes, I accidentally muted myself, but I am here and I am doing wonderful. Excellent. Uh, we are going to talk about the Supreme Court case in the United States that applies to Apple and the ability for you, maybe, to sue Apple for abuse of, of market power. Uh, it's it's a complicated story, but we're going to try to make it clear and then talk about what implications we think might happen from that. Let's start with a few other tech things you should know. Disney-owned Indian streaming service Hotstar set a global streaming record of 18.6 million simultaneous streams for the deciding match in the Indian Premier League cricket tournament. The most concurrently viewed video on YouTube by comparison was the 2012 Skydive by Felix Baumgartner. I watched that, which had 8 million concurrent. Nothing compared to cricket. Nope. Bloomberg's Mark Gurman and Debbie Wu report that TSMC has begun production on a chip for Apple's next iPhone, reportedly to be called the A13. That would make sense. Uh, Rear cameras on the XS and XS Max would allegedly jump to three with an ultra-wide angle lens, while the XR replacement would get two lenses. And the higher-end phones would be slightly thicker than last year's models, but also support wireless charging for your other devices. So no more air power, just use your iPhone. Lenovo announced a business-targeted augmented reality system called Think Reality. The Think Reality A6 is a 1080p headset with a three degrees of freedom controller and four hours of battery life. A small compute box has a Snapdragon 845 chip running Android, which you can clip to a belt or use with an armband. The software platform lets enterprises create their own apps and works with AWS or Azure. The software also works with non-Lenovo devices 
like the Oculus Rift. Pretty smart stuff there from Lenovo getting into that platform. And sources tell Reuters that Foxconn will propose that chip unit head Liu Young, who also has been an assistant to Terry Gao, uh, would succeed Terry Gao as chairman. Gao said he will resign as chairman in order to pursue a run for the presidency of Taiwan. Foxconn's annual shareholders meeting happens in June, so I imagine we'll find out more then. All right, let's talk a little more about Amazon with some robots and some new jobs for people. Yeah, sources are doing a lot of talking to Reuters because they tell Reuters <laughs> that Amazon is rolling out an automated packing system called Carton Wrap from Italian firm CMC. And it scans items coming down a conveyor belt before putting them in customized boxes. Now, it can pack 600 to 700 boxes per hour. You might say, well, how does that compare to a human? Four to five times faster, or at least as you know, many units as humans would do. So robots are winning in this case. JD.com, Shutterfly, and Walmart are also using the machines. An Amazon spokesperson told Reuters that the goal of the technology was to increase safety and speed and efficiency and said, quote, savings will be reinvested in new services for customers where new jobs will continue to be created. Yes. A source also said that Amazon would likely trim jobs through attrition rather than just straight up layoffs. Coincidentally, Amazon is expanding its delivery service partner program, which gives some Amazon employees up to $10,000 and three month salary to start their own package delivery businesses. Yeah, I feel like the smart move for Amazon here would be to take advantage of the speed improvement of these robots. And and I think a lot of these headlines make it sound like Amazon's the only one doing it. You know, that's why we put that in there. The JD, Shutterfly, Walmart, everybody wants to do this. They want to make things more efficient. They want to make them faster. And what, mm-hmm. Amazon, what it sounds like Amazon's doing on the side of the job thing is saying, well, we'll need a technician. You're not eliminating all the human jobs. So there's promotions available for some workers here. We may retrain within. And some people will just leave and we just won't replace them when that happens rather than causing the trauma of like laying off an entire warehouse staff or something. But this delivery service partner program, while not explicitly acknowledged as part of this, does seem like a way to say we will also provide a path for people to find another job, not only another job, but but a way to sustain themselves as a small business, if that's something that sounds interesting to them. But isn't it almost counterproductive that Amazon would be like, start your own delivery business and compete with Amazon? Well, what Amazon wants to do is get to one day delivery, right? They want to they want to slow down. Yeah. That, they want to speed up. Sorry, they want to speed up that delivery time. So they don't have so it's enough sort of like a third party seller, but third party exactly. packager. Type I don't think thing. Amazon ever thinks they're going to be delivering all the packages themselves. Uh, so they want to they create a lot of competition, right? They want to compete on price. And if they have a bunch of small businesses that they have created to compete on price, that helps put pressure on big ones like UPS. Uh, and it's people who are familiar with the Amazon process. My question about this is, first of all, are you going to make the same amount of money if you start one of these businesses on your own? Uh, and uh, are you allowed to take other clients? Or are you going to be locked into only having Amazon as your client if you start one of these because they're paying you $10,000 to start it? Uh, my And, and yeah, that's a really good question. My guess would be that it would be exclusive to Amazon because why would they dole? I mean, I don't know how many people were talking here. I don't know you can here. do that, though. I mean, it's it's one thing to give somebody a grant and put some restrictions in place, but to say you you can't – like that's very monopolistic. I feel like that would get the It is, yeah, yeah. It, it's probably more of Amazon saying – 
we know you're going to work with us. You know, if, if we, if we give you this money and, 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 and we help you kind of get off your feet anyway, you're going to work with us. And that's probably the bet that they're making. Yeah. I think that's, that's, and that's a good bet to say like, look, $10,000, it's really not that much. That's going to pay for your fees and, and kind of get you on your feet. We'll also provide three months salary. So you're not worrying about that during the transition until you get this up and running, but we're going to give you guaranteed clientele sure, you can go somewhere else if you want, but why would you? We're going to give you all the business you can handle. At least that's the promise here. I also think that Amazon knows that a lot of people just aren't built to run their own businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people are, and sure, maybe they work for Amazon and maybe they're going to kill it, you know, with this, with this new kind of spinoff business. But a lot of people just aren't going to take advantage of this or won't do it well and yeah. will fail. But uh, you know what? I want to give Amazon a little bit of credit here, whether it's intentional or not. What we're, what I'm always saying is if robots do uh, replace roles, you should find other jobs within or provide a pathway to other employment. And it looks like maybe they're doing both here. An update to the Apple TV app for iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, and Samsung's 2019 smart TVs is out. This adds the new channels feature that they talked about recently where you can subscribe and watch certain television providers content without going to the provider's app. So in other words, you can get HBO through the channels app, watch it in the TV app, and you're never taken out to the HBO app. HBO is one of the partners. Stars, Showtime, Smithsonian, Epics, Tastemade, also on board with CBS All Access and MTV Hits on the way. Shows for channels can be downloaded for offline viewing. That's something HBO doesn't allow you to do in its current app. It also is going to add a kids section to the TV app with family-friendly content, and the TV app will start making general recommendations for you using a combination of algorithms based on what it sees you doing, as well as human curation. So it's a combination aspect. Tom, you you said that you had started using the TV app, at least in tvOS some time ago, right? Uh, And it works out well. I kind of never did. I tried to connect everything that I had connected at the time. And the the problem I have with this, well, first of all, I don't have any problem with this. It's a great update, but it, it doesn't become all that convenient for me unless I'm subscribed to I don't know, four or more of these standalone services mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, I don't want to keep opening all these apps. You know, I really only have the HBO app. So well, it's not hard for me to launch that. We have, we watch shows that are on Hulu, Prime Video, HBO, Stars, Vicky, uh, and I'm probably forgetting Vicky. a couple that all show up in that top level. So I don't have to think, oh, which app do I need to open? I just see a notification like, hey, there's a new episode of Bob's Burgers. You want to watch it? Click here. And when they added PlayStation View, where like a new episode on my DVR on PlayStation View shows up and now I can just launch it from there, that kind of clinched it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had a new Samsung uh, smart TV, which I do not. I have a Samsung TV, but it's it's not it's not a TV that is compatible yeah, with this. But future live with it. Uh, hey, ooh, hadn't even thought about that one. Smart TVs and a new car. All right. Quinn at Coindesk reports that Microsoft is launching Ion, which is an open source project to create a decentralized identity solution on the Bitcoin blockchain. Rather than using a third party login like Facebook, Ion would handle your decentralized identifiers to prove that you own the keys to a given set of data. Microsoft's York Rhodes said that the company has been working for a year on key signing and validation that can be, that can use public blockchains, but also handle a greater throughput for speedier transactions. 
Sources told Coindesk that Microsoft will move Ion from Bitcoin's testnet to the mainnet by the end of this year, opening it up to users running nodes and contributions. Microsoft was a founding member of the Decentralized Identity Foundation. But this is different than that. I know that's been going on for about a year and a half. Yeah, this is this is this is an implementation of that. This is decentralized identity, and Microsoft's like based our on the principles of, of decentralized the identity, which is in keeping with the decentralized identity foundation is Ion. Uh, because they want to make, and, and this is within the mission of the Decentralized Identity Foundation, they want to make uh, the ability to have decentralized identity management the norm. And to do that, they need big players to join with them. So so right now, they've they've got Microsoft, which is pretty big. Uh, for oh, instance, IBM's you know, in there. Active Directory. Some, some, some big names. If you, if you go and say, like, I'm going to store some stuff in Azure, but only I have the key. Even Microsoft doesn't have the key. Now Microsoft doesn't have to fight a court case that says, you need to give us the key, even though it's uh, held in Ireland. They can say, we don't even have the key. It's encrypted data on our database. We don't even know it. And that's the way this stuff should work. One of their big targets and and is called out in this Coindesk article is Facebook because Facebook provides cross-platform identity uh, login as well, right? When you say login with Facebook, except Mm -hmm. Facebook centrally stores that. It's not decentralized and it would be against Facebook's business plan right now to give that up because they want to collect that metadata. They don't want to spy on what you're doing when you log in, but they want to be able to log like they logged into this site at this time, this many times, Mm -hmm. because that's helpful to sell ads. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it vague as it may have been at times, Facebook's whole privacy is the future spiel that we've been hearing as of late would totally tie into something like this. But would Facebook actually be able to implement this and still, uh, you know, re- retain you know their data collection policies that they have over so many years, which has made Facebook what it is now? It would be, a, you know, a, a, a radical shift. You know, I've, they asked Facebook about this for this article, and Facebook gave a non-response. But I actually want to find it here. I'm going to I'm going to scroll down and see if I can I can find the actual uh, answer. Like many other companies, Facebook is exploring ways to leverage the power of blockchain technology. Like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, they want to, they they're like, don't get us wrong. We want the buzzword. Uh, but no, we're definitely not doing. I didn't say that, but the implication is no, they're definitely not doing that. Uh, other blockchain news: a payment network called Flexa is going to let you spend your Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin Cash, Ether, or Gemini dollars, which is another cryptocurrency, at participating retailers like GameStop, Nordstrom, Whole Foods, Caribou Coffee, Jamba Juice, and Crate and Barrel. You can go get yourself a little silverware organizer and buy it with Bitcoin. Uh, you put your cryptocurrency in Flex's app called Spend. It's S-P-N-D. Uh, the, the app generates a QR code that you can then use to scan a checkout. The retailer gets paid in dollars and the equivalent amount of cryptocurrency is deducted from your spinned wallet behind the scenes. Flexa uses its own FlexCoin. Uh, essentially it gives the retailer the money right away and then uses the Flexa coin as a collateral while engaging in the comparatively slower process of taking the payment from, from your wallet. That's one of the big problems with using Bitcoin to pay is Bitcoin transfers sometimes take longer than, you know, a normal retail checkout process would take. So Flexicoin is using some DeFi. Remember when we talked to Laura Shin about DeFi back on April 5th? They're using some DeFi on the back end to say, well, we can give the money to Whole Foods right away, use our coin as the collateral while we wait for the payment to come out of the person's wallet and make it feel instantaneous for everybody. 
So I guess, I don't know, if there wasn't sufficient funds in the wallet, then, you know, FlexEd probably has some way to be like, okay, well, you can't be a customer of ours anymore. But assuming that this all works as it should, okay, well, you know, I don't have a whole lot of Bitcoin to spend at Whole Foods, but if I did and I wasn't interested in holding on to it, it's a, it's a neat option to have. I mean, why not? I That's the thing. It's like, why not? But will there be anybody do it? Like, how many people have Bitcoin, Ether, et cetera? How many of them are going to want to give it to the, I think it's called Speeden. I, I kept saying spend, but I, I think I was just transferring the things in my head. The Speeden wallet. How many people are going to trust Flexa to store their coins? Because you kind of have to store them in this wallet. Uh, and how many people are going to then want to go and say, yeah, I want to use the QR code to, to pay for my broccoli at Whole Foods. <laughs> like It's one of those narrowing funnels. I'm not saying it'll be nobody. I'm sure there are people in our audience who will do this, and I would like them to report back to us. But is it enough to give Flexa the runway it needs to make this a common thing? It's a little chicken and egg thing because you need stuff like this to happen for Bitcoin to take off. Yeah. So it, it then, yeah, the question sort of becomes, all right, well, how many customers does Flexa need? Mm-hmm. You know, like what's Flexa getting out of this? If five people use it, is it worth it? Or do you need 5 million? Yeah. You know, for it, for it to be, you know, a viable business. What's, what's, and, what's your runway there? What's, what's your uh, critical mass? Um, ex- exactly. I mean, I, I actually own some cryptocurrency. I don't see myself doing this. I never shop at any of these places though. So maybe that's why. You never shop at Whole Foods? No, never. It's too pricey. Hmm. No, that's why I'm broke. <laughs> I'm a Ralph's man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a kind of a Vons girl, to be honest with you, but I do, li- I do like Whole Foods. A new web app at talktotransformer.com, created by Canadian engineer Adam King using OpenAI's GPT-2 technology, lets anybody enter a text prompt that the AI software will then automatically respond to or add upon. Talk to Transformer is able to recognize a variety of inputs like news articles, song lyrics, poems, recipes, code, HTML, even popular characters from certain franchises like Harry Potter, something that's well-known. GPT-2 is limited, though, to surface-level coherence with character development and conversations that definitely lack more long-term structure. It's a single algorithm that can generate text by studying a huge data set that was scraped from the web and other sources. So this is a demonstration, and it says right there at talktotransformer.com that there is a more advanced version of this model that you're not allowed to put out on the public web like this. Yeah, so this is the, only open to certain researchers. Yeah, yeah. This is the medium version. And and it's fun. If you go in it with the with no expectations, you'll be mildly impressed. Like, oh, wow, that's really interesting. If you expect it to be really smart and like carry a conversation or write an article based on you writing online, you might be disappointed. For instance, mm-hmm. I wrote, what should I say about you on the podcast Daily Tech News Show? And the response was, We don't mean to offend you, but please respect that I have worked as an intern at Adobe for over two years. It's been a pleasure to be a part of you and Adobe's success. I also like you for being a self-reflective person who gets to take one extra step back, one extra step forward. I think that's a very important skill to have as a technical employee. I'm sure you've heard me say that many times. I'm proud of what Adobe has done for its users in years past, and I know I will continue to be one of your first listeners. Thanks for being on me, Dan. so funny it's like first of all the ai was like i don't know i'm being cornered somehow so i have to defend myself (laughs) my name is dan and i work at adobe (laughs) yeah uh i will continue to be one of your first listeners 
Thank you, Dan. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, I, I, I did sort of like obvious stuff like, who is Sarah Lane? It was just like, I don't know, just like weird stuff. You know, there are lots of other Sarah Lanes in the world, so it didn't work out well. But then you know, I, I, I looked up um, a neighborhood in Los Angeles, you know? So I was like, tell me more about this neighborhood in Los Angeles. And it said, oh, yes, um, lot, lots of, lots of um, um, uh, some data on the neighborhood. But like it was incorrect data. Yeah. Like it said, it's the home of UCLA. Not true. Yeah. That's a whole different area on the other side of town. USC. Um, it, was, it was where the Hollywood industry started. I'm like, also not, not true. Not exactly right. No. Yeah, like everyone knows that's not true. So it's, it's not really the sort of thing where it's like I'm looking for a fact. It's more of a... Let's see how this unfolds based on the fact that you know this is AI. Yeah. Well, and that's why this this weird response from Dan, quote unquote, <laughs> is impressive from a point of view. It's like this has all got syntax. It's it's kind of feels like an email. In fact, until he says thanks for being on me, everything makes perfect sense. It's just not pertinent to what I asked. That's that's the only right, problem. Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, don't forget you can subscribe right now. Go do it. DailyTechHeadlines.com. The United States Supreme Court ruled that an antitrust lawsuit against Apple on behalf of consumers may continue. The lawsuit claims that Apple abuses its monopoly power over the App Store to drive up prices for customers by keeping the 30% that they that developers charge for an app. The developers keep 70%, Apple keeps 30%. That does not allow uh, competing app stores on the platform. Now, so they're saying Apple keeps 30% of the money and they don't allow competing app stores. This drives up prices and is abuse of their market position. Well, Apple argued, whatever, uh, we can fight that out in court, but you are customers of the app store, which means you're customers of the developers. You're buying your app from the developers, not Apple. Apple just provides the marketplace and that 30% covers the cost of running the marketplace. So you can't bring this lawsuit. So that's the thing you need to be clear right up at the top. This lawsuit today, the Supreme Court ruled on whether someone could bring the lawsuit as a customer of the app store or whether it had to be developers to bring this kind of lawsuit. Now, there is a precedent for this called Illinois Brick company versus the state of Illinois, where the Supreme Court ruled that if you paid a contractor to build a structure out of bricks, you couldn't sue the brick maker for the price the brick maker charged the contractor. Uh, and that's what was happening. The state of Illinois was saying, man, we're paying way too much to these contractors to build buildings. And part of it's because these brick companies are colluding with each other and setting high prices. And the Supreme Court said, well, yeah, but the con contractors are the one that have to bring that that case, not you, because you're an indirect customer. You have to be a direct customer of or a direct purchaser in order to have standing for an antitrust case. In the Apple case today, Apple was saying that the customer of the App Store is an indirect customer that you can't sue Apple because Apple's not the direct customer. It's the developer that makes them the direct customer. The court disagreed. They were persuaded by the argument that, well, the payments for the apps go to Apple. They don't go to the developers. The payments for the bricks went to the from the contractor to the brick maker. Uh, and so that's different. So in a 5-4 opinion, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, joined by Justices Ginsburg, Kagan, Breyer, and Sotomayor, determined that, quote, plaintiffs purchased apps directly from Apple and therefore are direct purchasers. Now, all this does is say, so you can keep suing Apple. You, Even though you're a customer of the App Store, not a developer, you're allowed to continue to sue 
they they very clearly said we're not ruling on whether Apple's abusing its market position or not. That's that's for the court to decide once the case goes forward. The ruling only allows the case to proceed, uh, and it will proceed at some point. We don't know when, but this does open the door for more people to sue Apple. Because now you can say, hey, I'm a customer of the App Store, and I think you're abusing prices in this way, or I think you're abusing prices in that way. You can expect class action suits to rise out of this now. Yeah, I actually see both sides of this. Uh, you know, th- let's say Spotify. I don't know. You're signing up for a Spotify premium account, right? And uh, you do it through the App Store, and Apple's going to take a cut. You could do it through Spotify itself and bypass that as a customer. Does everybody know that that's possible? No. But it is. And that would be you paying the developer specifically rather than using Apple as, you know, the the, um, the platform to to pay the developer. But I think most people think like, oh, I'm you know, I, I'm going to buy something. I'm in the app store. I'm paying Apple, which you are if you do it that way. Yeah. At the same time, I, I so, so I I guess I've already sort of I've laid out both scenarios. I, I think that Apple's not wrong, but I think that the perception from the consumer is important enough that I understand why the Supreme Court ruled the way that they did. Yeah, and and the fact is, now that they've ruled that way, it means, okay, there's no question about that now. Supreme Court ruled, so you can go after Apple. Apple's going to have to face more of these these lawsuits, I would expect, as well as have to fight this one that, that went to the Supreme Court to begin with now that it can start. I think they need to change their approach. Uh, if nothing else, allow companies to take payment themselves within their app. That's that's the most egregious thing, in my opinion, is that you can't allow Amazon to provide a way to sign up for the Kindle store or the Comixology store. You can't allow Spotify to sign up a new subscription within the Spotify app store without sending it through Apple and Apple taking the 30%. And Apple's argument has always been like, yeah, but we're running the system and it's not free to run the system that the app is on. So we need a way to make money on that. And that's a fair argument, but I don't know that it means that you need to be as restrictive as they're being. You, I think they might be able to find a way to say, no other app stores behind besides ours, but apps can provide multiple ways to pay them. Yeah, absolutely. The thirty percent always, you know, from 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 the time it began was always like, ooh, that's quite high. Uh, so this is this is not a not a big surprise that it's been going on for the better part of a decade. Yeah, and uh, Beatmaster points out uh, this is all iOS we're talking about because the Mac OS store allows you to use Origin, Steam, etc. Like you don't got that problem on the Mac. Why do you have to have it on iOS? Good point. Mobile. It's the death of us. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit, the opposite of death, I might add. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. If you hang out there, join our group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. All right, let's check in. Thing of the day with Chris Christensen, the amateur traveler. He's back with a tech tip on resort fees. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. I saw an article in Travel Weekly that had good news about lost luggage, and that is that technology seems to be helping getting your luggage where it belongs. 
So the number of bags that get lost in over the last 10 years has averaged 5.7 bags per thousand passengers, which is an argument for using carry-on luggage. But we need to remember that that is with the number of passengers increasing. Just between 2016 and 2018, the number of airline passengers went up from 3.8 to 4.4 billion. And what they're finding is if they use technology to track the bags as they get transferred between aircraft, they can reduce the number of lost bags by as high as 66%. And so more technology is going in, which makes it more likely your bag will be on the baggage carousel. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. Now, if you're experiencing cognitive dissonance and deja vu, uh, saying that didn't sound like it's about resort fees. And also, didn't I hear that last week? Uh, you're correct. That was neither about resort fees. Uh, <laughs> and also, yes, you totally heard that last week. My only remaining question, though, is do, do we have the one about resort yes, fees? Yes, we do. All right. Let's hear that one now. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. Let's talk about resort fees. I don't know if you have noticed it, but in certain places like Las Vegas, resort fees have gotten just a little crazy. And resort fee is that extra fee that when you've paid for your hotel room, you may get caught by. I stayed in a particular hotel on our press trip recently, and I won't call them out because this is more common than just them. And the hotel room was paid for by the tourism board but they asked when i got there did you want to pay the resort fee and the resort fee was 42 dollars a day and that fee lets you use the pool and the spa and the fitness center but it also lets you use the wi-fi because apparently that's part of resorts so if you do book a hotel in places like las vegas if that room looks pretty cheap double check the fine print that says excludes 41.95 daily resort fee i'm chris christensen from amateur traveler Oh, tricky. Oh, the resort Putting fee. Putting your Wi-Fi in the resort fee? Like, that is... Come on. Mm, mm. Well, I mean, you know, it at a big uh, hotel and resort in Las Vegas, not super surprising. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, read the fine print. I, you know what bugs what me the most for. about it, let, leaving the whole resort fee system behind, is like, I just don't want to have to think that hard about whether I can get Wi-Fi or not. Just let me get the Wi-Fi. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> you know, make it clear. All right, let's check out the mailbag. Let's do it. Okay, so last week on Thursday, we we uh, published our very first Live With It segment, which was me checking out the Jabra Elite 65T wireless Bluetooth earbuds. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, it was it it it, it was a really fun experience. For me and an experiment as well, and we've got we've got a, a got a poll going over on Patreon of what I should do next. So Kevin, Kevin weighed in on what, what he thinks that we might want to go with. Kevin says, "I really feel like there are tons of comparisons between phone types because one of the uh, one of the objects in the running um, is is Sarah moving over to Android from the iPhone." Kevin says, a surprising few people actually have smart light bulbs, another option. One of the great things about the Jabra Live With It review was how Sarah was comparing them to not having Bluetooth headphones, not to some other product. I think the DTNS audience probably has more people with no smart bulbs as compared to people looking to see if they should switch from iOS to Android. Just my two cents. Well, Kevin, you make a compelling argument, uh, and we were going to end the poll today, but I think we're going to let it go for one more day so that people can hear Kevin uh, and decide. The Pixel 3a is leading right now, which would be, mm-hmm. I mean, Sarah said. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. 
Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Switching to Android, I imagine you're still going to use your iPhone. It's just you. Would Tom, you pixel. don't know. After well, three months, okay. yeah, no, who's to say? Totally switch. Uh, but whether we give her a Pixel 3a to try for three months or a, sm- or a set of smart light bulbs, it would be more than just one or a home camera like a Nest. Uh, you know, like a like a little indoor camera. Uh, the indoor camera is definitely losing, but the smart light bulb's pretty close. So we're going to give it one more day, and one we more will day. announce the new live with it tomorrow and and thanks also to everybody who's 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 you know giving us real nice feedback um it's 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 good to hear that live with it is a segment that that we want more of and i think it's a lot of fun to do so let's keep it going and whatever it might be if you're like wait a minute i didn't see live with it in my podcast feed it might be because you're not a patron uh the patrons got it in their patreon rss feed which you can find at patreon.com slash dtns so if you're already a member go look for that it was posted uh, last week uh or if you would like to get access to it go become a member sign up at patreon.com slash dtns if you've got feedback for us, well, we have an email address for you. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com is where to direct your questions, comments, feedback, all that good stuff. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more, tell a friend. Dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. You have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.